Hello, I'm really glad you joined us online today. When I'm about to do something I've never done before, especially if it's really important, I tend to ask, just how is this going to work? I, I've, you know, if I haven't experienced how it works, then I'm trying to figure out how it's going to work. And I ask this because I just can't figure out how it's going to happen. I've asked these questions at least two distinct times in my life. The first time was when I got serious about sharing Christ with others, the, the message of the gospel. I had talked about it a lot, but I didn't do much of it. And after a training, I decided in that training that I was going to figure out how to share the gospel with people or die trying. That's how serious I was. And I, I, I just couldn't figure out how someone would, who didn't know Christ with maybe little or no Christian background would understand the gospel enough to want to give their life to follow Christ as Lord, allowing him to call the shots in their life. I just couldn't figure that out. And what I found out as I started sharing the gospel with people is that God is working through his followers to help people understand the message. Our role is just to share the gospel, and God's Spirit does the work of convincing. The second time uh, I ask these questions, and there are other times when I've done that as well, uh, but the second time was when Cindy and I started CIV. How is a church going to grow up out of nowhere right here in Diamond Bar? We started the church in Diamond Bar. We're in Ontario now. But a book I read helped me gain perspective and allowed me to relax. It was called The Birth, Care, and Feeding of a Local Church. And the author said that a church starter is just finding the people that God wants to be a part of that local church. And that really helped me relax and focus on working with God to start the church. And God would work with Cindy and I and a team of people to help start the church. And he did. Obviously, we're here. <laughs> we exist. The church exists. In this series, we're going to talk about a treasure that we carry around with us as Christ followers. And I'll explain more about what it is in a moment, but it's the good news of the gospel message at the heart of Christianity. Jesus said he came to seek and to save the lost. God works through us to find men and women who are lost to him. That is a major privilege for God to work through us as ambassadors for him. We have the truth that will set people free. When we were starting the church, God gave me some more encouragement. Thad and I went to McDonald's. He was two. He would play on the play place. We'd, we'd eat lunch and then he'd play on the play place. And, um, I, I heard pe people speaking to their kids. We were in Diamond Bar and I heard some 
folks speaking to their kids. Actually, several people around me were speaking harshly to their kids. It was not good. And at that moment, God said to me, Randy, you have what they need. We have the privilege of working with God to give folks what they really need. It is a real treasure. 2 Corinthians 4, 1-7 says, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, is talking about creation. He just turned the lights on in the entire world. He made the sun and the moon. And the stars. That same power, he, he makes his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So the power of, that God used at creation, which shows he has the power, <clears throat> he uses to shine the light in our hearts. He turns the lights on in our hearts to show us that Jesus is really who he said he is. That's a, that's a great thing. And here's the theme verse for our, our series. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. The word picture in this passage is that we are jars of clay. They were, in that day, ordinary household containers. Today we have gladware. We used to have Tupperware. I think people still use Tupperware. Uh, it, it's used over and over and over again. Um, we, we use gladware or Ziplocware. I, I don't know the name brands. We use them once or twice. And throw them away. But what God is saying in this passage is our bodies contain a treasure. Our bodies will not last. Our soul will last, but our bodies will not. But if you're if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, what you carry in you is priceless. It's a treasure. It's the message of the gospel and the change that it brings. We're examples of the change that it brings. The fact that Jesus Christ is Lord is at the heart of our message. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. We we should help people count the cost of what it means to make Jesus 
Lord over every part of their life. We should also help them realize the cost of not following Christ. Dallas Willard talks about the cost of non-discipleship. And he says, Non-discipleship costs abiding peace, a life penetrated through by love, a faith that sees everything in light of God's overriding governance for good, hopefulness that stands firm in the most discouraging of circumstances, power to do right and withstand the forces of evil. This is the cost of non-discipleship is greater than the cost of discipleship. We need to show people and explain to people how that is. We need to help people count the cost of making Jesus Christ Lord, but also count the cost of not making him Lord. Because if people don't make him Lord, they don't experience the changes that he brings. So we have this treasure we carry around with us that's exactly what people need. The treasure is a message that changes destinies. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That's the way the gospel message traveled. It was given to the Jewish folks, the Jewish people, and then it traveled to the Greeks, the Gentiles. The gospel we see in this in this uh, passage, this verse, it is power-packed information. God uses the power of the gospel message to turn the lights on for people, like it said in Second Corinthians four. He he uses it to draw people to himself. And the word for power in the Greek that this was originally written in is dynamus. It's dynamite. <laughs> if you're already a believer, this is the treasure that you carry around with you. The message at the heart of Christianity. And it packs a power that's greater than dynamite to change people and their destiny. We should know the message and be ready to share it. Here's a presentation that you can share. It's the presentation of the gospel message. We're going to watch a video together. Uh, Several people are sharing it in this video, and they show us how to explain the message. Let's watch this together. Has anyone shared you the three circles before? Have you heard of the three circles before? Has anyone ever shared the three circles with you before? No. No. So this is the first circle. So this represents the world that's broken. All of us live in a broken world. You only have to turn on the news and see... Suffering, death. War, sickness. Rape, disease. It's everywhere, right? But you know, God didn't actually create the world to be like this, full of brokenness, eh? Here's the second circle. This circle represents God's perfect design. God's perfect design was a world without brokenness. A world full of love. Full of joy and peace and unity. But what we did was we sinned. Sin could be anything from lying to murder. murder. So like, just like normal lying or like hard lying? 
And what sin did, it separated us from God's perfect design and threw us into brokenness. And so people try all kinds of different things to get out of brokenness. They might try drugs or alcohol. Or maybe chasing a career or money. Smoking. Even bullying other people at school. Oh, sleeping around. Suicide, exactly. A good example. But it doesn't actually fix the problem of brokenness. It's like a bungee cord. We just get snapped straight back into brokenness. And ultimately, if people die in that state of brokenness, and separate from God, and that means that that's eternal separation from God. Do you know what this place is often called? Yes. So what God did was, he didn't want to leave us in that place. God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. Jesus was God. Yeah. He had no sin. And when he died and rose again, he actually took on all of our sin and cancelled it like he crushed it. He said if we would turn away from our sin and believe in Jesus and make Jesus and the Lord of our life, we become restored, restored back into God's original design. And you become a new creation, a new person in Christ. And will restore us back into relationship with Him. So there's only two kinds of people in this world. People that are in brokenness or God's perfect design. Where would you see yourself? Probably right there too. Yeah, he's so cool. I'm not sure. Love? Brokenness? Love. The boundary stage. Okay. Yeah, the same. And where would, would you, you like, like to be? So where would you like to be? You'd like to be here? Yeah. Mm. So here? So is there anything that's stopping you? From turning and, and believing in Jesus? And allow him to be Lord and King of your life? Stubbornness? Probably not. Probably weird to be honest. Nothing's stopping me. You know the awesome news about Jesus? He is the only way out. If you try to clean yourself up before coming to Jesus, it's like trying to get clean before you take a shower. Oh, I see. Yeah, I that. Is there anything stopping you? We shared the three circles with 34 people. Four were already believers. 13 chose to remain in brokenness, but some were deeply impacted. And 17 wanted to leave brokenness and receive Christ. There are many powerful ways to share the gospel. And the three circles is a great place to start. If you're investigating what it means to be a Christian, this is what you need to believe and act on in order to connect with God in a relationship that changes your destiny. And I I hope you'll think that through and get convinced by God and uh, follow through on that and commit your life to Christ. The message is very simple. There is an app on the App Store uh, for Apple devices. And on the App Store, look for Life with Mission, or Life on Mission, sorry. And on Google Play for Androids, it's, uh, I would search three circles. You can use the app to learn the gospel, to understand it, to learn how to share it, and to get ready to share the treasure that you carry around with you for others. Um, you, you, you can also find a training on YouTube to show you how to explain the three circles. And I'll put a link in the next steps for you there. We carry around with us 
the power of this message. We have experienced a changed destiny. In the future, those of us who follow Christ, that makes a difference right now through the word, Lord's through the Lord's work in in our lives, and we need to get prepared to share this message because it's a treasure. We get prepared so that people can understand it. The message isn't intuitive; it it it, it has to be shared. People aren't going to figure it out on their own. They're not going to just. <clears throat> God uses the message of the gospel to turn lights on for people. When we think about sharing the gospel, our mind can go to the guy on the street corner yelling, repent, and believe, and that turns most people off. However, I've found that most people are interested in hearing the gospel if you share it as information. It's power-packed information, but if you share it, just the information of the gospel, uh, the guy on the street corner is impact communication. He's he's trying to shock you. But if you share the, the power of the gospel, if you share the information of the gospel, then it has the power to work in the hearts of people. In my experience, if you ask people if they want to hear the core message of Christianity, they want to hear it. They'll listen. Our role is to help people hear the gospel. God's role is to draw them to himself. God wants us to share the treasure of this message. I'd like to consider the question now. What is the treasure worth? First, it connects people to God and eternal life. John 5:24 says, Truly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. The message helps for the next life, for sure, but it also has a major impact on how I deal with things right now, in the here and now. One summer, our son Thad uh, was in Central Asia, and our daughter Lindsay was on her way to Mozambique. They were going to share the message. They were going to serve the people in those areas in hopes that they would have an opportunity to share the message. They were serving in different ways, but the goal was to share the gospel message with with others. With Lindsay, we had no personal contact with her for a month. That is highly unusual in this cell phone age. And they actually passed each other. They didn't see each other, but they passed each other uh, at the Heathrow Airport in London, and there was a bomb scare at the time, and that was cause for, you know, prayer. <laughs> During that summer, my dad was struggling with his health and ended up passing away. When people close to us are far away that we care about, when people are struggling with their health that we care about, it's easy to get into the fear of the unknown and keep asking, 
what's going to happen next. We run the what-if scenarios. This is when having the ultimate things nailed down bring hope and confidence in this life. I knew that the kids were under God's care, and I entrusted them to him. I knew that my dad, when he closed his eyes in this life, he would open his eyes in the next and experience the beauty of seeing God for himself. Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And the answer is, no one or no thing. We have no reason to fear as we trust God to walk with us through life. The gospel message is also a treasure because it gives the power we need to change. Titus 2, 11 through 12 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Here's a song I like. Let's listen to part of it together. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. That's my experience exactly. When I find the grace of God instead of the wrath that I deserve, it makes me want to change. That's one reason I like that song, because that phrase, it's the only thing that ever makes me, really makes me want to change. This is what the passage is saying. It's, it teaches us, the gospel teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and it also teaches us to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives, which is incredibly valuable. One of the va- advantages of godliness is it grows self-respect in us. The scripture says that if you do right, you grow in self-respect. You grow in self-esteem. Everybody wants to feel good about themselves. And if you do right, You do. You do that. Godliness is about doing right. Godliness makes for good family life because you treat one another right. And if you don't treat them right, you clean it up. You clean the mess up. Godly people are faithful and loyal friends. Godly people fight laziness and and are much more productive at work. This is what God meant when he said, Randy, you have what they need. The gospel is the power that God uses, the the truth of the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ coming to save our sins, to die for our sins and to save us and being resurrected to prove who he was 
That is what people need to hear. And it works its way into our lives as we continue to follow God. This is all a part of the treasure of the gospel. Christ followers are also commanded to train ourselves in godliness. 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says, Have nothing to do with godless and silly myths. Train yourself in godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Godliness, the gospel, has an impact on the way we live our lives right here and now. It is a fantastic thing. It's a real treasure. The treasure of godliness is available to those who choose to follow Christ and then train for it. Finally, the gospel provides a purpose for God's people. I lived for vacation, uh, summer vacation as a kid, because that's when I could do what I wanted. And I've discovered that in doing what you want, there is little purpose in life. Just doing whatever you want, getting up whenever you want. Since I've decided to follow Christ, I, I want to do more with my life than summer vacation. I was a lazy teenager who slept a lot. Boy, I could sleep tons. But Jesus gave me a reason to get out of bed in the morning. He has really helped me with this. Over and over in my life since I've connected with God, I've been grateful for the purpose that he's given me. Acts 20.24 says, talks about this purpose. But my life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about God's mighty kindness and love. No matter what's going on in your life, you can fulfill your purpose as a Christ follower. You can give testimony to the goodness of God. In spite of failure, disappointment, or trouble, you can do this purpose. You can share, you can tell others about the wonderful grace of God. And you and I can share the treasure of the gospel with people around us. That's our purpose. That's why we live. That makes our lives worth living. The passage we launch from tells us, we carry the treasure to display God's power. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Sometimes we think that we need to convince others of the truth of the gospel out of our own strength, out of our own intelligence, but we don't need to. That's God's role. We are jars of clay. And many times people see God's power through the cracks in the clay. If we allow God to be glorified in our trouble, we have this treasure that is a stewardship from God. He's entrusted the message to us. And it's important to carry it around in a way that brings honor to its value. And this means People need 
both a demonstration and an explanation of the gospel. We, we aim to be an example in both the good times and the bad times in our lives. And when we're not, we straighten out what we messed up. We admit it. We get it straight. We admit it to God and we admit it to others. That only increase, increases our credibility. If you're checking out Christianity, I want to encourage you, ask God to show you his power. You'll need his help to see his power. He's the one that's going to turn the lights on for you of the gospel. Easter is coming up, and we have an unusual opportunity. People are, most people in our country are looking for a place to go uh, to attend an Easter service. And so we have an opportunity to invite our friends and neighbors to attend our Easter service here at CIV. Let's, let's watch this video together that shows the opportunity to include others in our church community. Many of us hear a voice that pulls on our hearts. It's a good voice that speaks to us about the people in our lives. And it's inviting us to invite them to our church. But something prevents us from acting on it. Maybe it's the fear of what they might think. Maybe it's a feeling that we're in some way disqualified. Maybe we feel like we don't have all the answers yet, or that we don't want to put our friends on the spot. But Easter's just around the corner, and that changes the game. It's unique, because most people already want to go to church on Easter. They just need to be invited. So what might happen if you asked God, who? That's it. God, who should I invite? He will answer that prayer, because he's anxious to answer that prayer. We only need ears to hear. And maybe that voice has actually been his voice all along. Again, again. Hey man, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? My wife Cindy was the first in her family to connect with God. A neighbor invited her to church. That's what we can do to help people connect with God. We can invite them to church. I have greatly benefited from that invitation from that neighbor to Cindy to go to church. And her family, Cindy's family, has greatly benefited from that invitation as well. We've got to get past our fear to invite others. So our friends and family have the opportunity to hear the gospel and experience the value of it as the treasure it is. It's a great thing. So I want to encourage you to make some next steps. As we've talked about the gospel, uh, 
message. You you may have questions about it. You may be ready to commit your life to Christ. I want to encourage you to commit your life to Christ today. Um, but if you have questions, then you can check. Uh, I want to clarify on the on the connection card on the back of it. There's a place to check. I want to clarify what it means to commit my life to Christ. Check that box, and we'll follow up with you and and help you understand that. Somebody will meet with you to help you understand it. Here are some other next steps you can take. Download the Three Circles app uh, on Life with Mission or Life on Mission on the App Store or Three Circles on the Google Play Store. Or go to uh, the YouTube link in the on the next steps to learn how to share the gospel. And then another step would be invite a friend, neighbor, or family member to the events next weekend. There's a men's barbecue and cupcake wars for the women, and those those will be fun events to 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 go to to invite neighbors to. And then invite a friend, neighbor, or family member to attend the Easter service on April 17th. Let's set our hearts to do, to follow up and take these next steps that God lays on our hearts. He, he may have laid some others on your heart that you want to take as well. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for your kindness to us. Thank you for the the message of the gospel that changes our lives when we grasp it, when we understand exactly what Jesus did for us. He died on the cross. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done. And I pray that you would help us to take the next steps. Thank you, God, for turning the lights on in our hearts and for doing that over and over and over again with those we share the gospel with. And I pray that, God, you'd help us to take these next steps that you've laid on our hearts to bring honor and glory to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.